Hey, thanks for checking out the weekly podcast from Chattanooga Valley Baptist Church. We hope you found this episode to be challenging and encouraging. Now, let's turn our attention to this week's sermon from Pastor Brian Carroll. As we <clears throat> gather tonight with our loved ones and our living rooms and, uh, and wherever else, uh, the Lord has given you the opportunity to, to join us. Uh, we understand some may even join this, uh, join this sometime tomorrow, maybe later tonight. But as we, as we gather tonight, I would ask a, ask a simple question that I would encourage you to answer there with those who you're watching with. Fill in the blank. When I survey the wondrous cross, I see what? Now go ahead, there in your, in your gathering at home, answer the question. When I survey the wondrous cross, I see what? I suspect answers that are prevalent are things like love and grace and forgiveness. But one of the things that we are forced to see when we survey the wondrous cross is the reality, the brutality, and the pain of death. The Apostle Paul gives us one of the most powerful testimonies about the necessity of the resurrection over in 1 Corinthians 15. It is no doubt that we are a resurrection people. We gather on a Sunday, the Lord's Day, instead of Saturday, the Sabbath, because we are a resurrection people. Nevertheless, we also understand something of our nature. You know, we cannot appreciate blessings apart from the knowledge of things like sickness. We cannot appreciate the blessing of wealth apart from the experience of poverty. We cannot appreciate the presence of light having never experienced darkness. We cannot know the refreshment of a cold glass of water having never known the tongue-thickening misery of thirst. One that's perhaps truly relevant for us tonight. We never have perhaps truly known the beauty of the church gathered until we have endured the heartache of living as the church scattered. In the same way, life is made all the sweeter if we understand something of death. You know, we are right on Sunday to rejoice in an empty tomb. But I firmly believe that our resurrection joy is only enhanced if we will journey to Sunday via the pain of Good Friday. So this evening, let us survey the wondrous cross. Let us reflect upon the magnificence of a love so great that it would compel the Lord to lay down his life that we might experience everlasting life. Tonight, if you've got your Bibles, I will be speaking from Ephesians chapter 2. We will be in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus tonight, and I'll be reading chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. There, God's Word says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, when we read this chapter, we are presented with the worst news in the world as well as the best news in the world. It's like you hear someone say, you know, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? Well, well here in Ephesians chapter 2, there is, there is good news. There is incredible news. There is news that changes the world. But before we can possibly understand or appreciate the significance of the good news, we must comprehend the breadth and the depth of the bad news. It is the bad news that makes the good news necessary. It is the bad news that makes the spectacle known as Good Friday absolutely essential. It is the bad news that necessitated the Lord Jesus Christ to give his life. So what is that bad news that we speak of here? Well, Paul says it simply, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Long before AMC brought us the walking dead, long before George Rom Romero's Night of the Living Dead hit movie screens, the dead were already walking. In fact, we know that even tonight as people gather across the community watching in their living rooms, we understand that even tonight there are dead men and dead women who are watching this service tonight. Dead men walking. You know, the problem with death, and it is something that we have seen far too much of in our country and in our world in recent days. But the problem with death is that we generally recognize that it is a condition that is irreversible. It is not our experience that those who die routinely and regularly stop being dead. This is true when we think about physical death, 
but it's also true when we think about spiritual death. And it is the spiritual death that Paul is speaking to. We truly were dead men walking. If you look at verse 12, Paul continues his description of our condition. He says, remember that you, speaking to those of us who, who were in Christ today, but once, weren't always in Christ, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. What a bleak condition we were dead separated from christ alienated from the people of god strangers to all of god's promises we were hopeless and we were godless uh, this is terrible news this is akin to the doctor coming in and and telling you get your affairs in order there's nothing left that can be done no more second opinions no more medications or treatments. It's terminal. Your time is up. I don't know about you, but when I hear that, that's a, that's a bleak set of circumstances that have been painted for us. Yet, as we gather on Good Friday, we gather not as people who have no hope, but as people who are filled with hope. Well, why is that? Well, that's because our circumstances have changed. How, how could this be? How can that which is dead, lifeless, hopeless, godless, how can that possibly have a change in circumstances? Well, you see, that's what makes Good Friday so good. There's an old comic, uh, old BC comic. I link, posted it on Facebook earlier today. Kids, if you're watching comics, used to be something that were, was in the newspaper. Kids, a newspaper is something that used to get sent out to the house uh, every day uh, so that people could get the news. And inside that paper, there were things called comics, which were little animated sketches that you got to read. And, and you actually looked forward to it when parents were reading the paper and you would get the comics handed over you to you. There was a little comic in there called BC Comics. It was a little comic about cavemen. Um, and one in particular in the comic, there's a caveman who's sitting on a cliff and he's, he's kind of in a contemplative mood. And he says to another caveman, he says, I hate the term Good Friday, to which his colleague there says, well, why? And the caveman answers, my Lord was hanged on a tree that day. Well, the second caveman then replies, well, if you were going to be hanged on that day and he volunteered to take your place, how would you feel? And the first caveman replies, good. The second caveman says, have a nice day and simply walks off. We need to make sure that we understand the magnitude of what happened on that Good Friday. You see, leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, through those 30-plus years of his life, Jesus did something very important. He lived in righteousness. You see, it wasn't just Jesus' sacrifice that was necessary. His life was also important. In his life, he demonstrated perfect obedience to the Father. Over in Matthew's Gospel, the third chapter, Jesus came to John to be baptized. 
Now, we know Jesus had no need for baptism. There was no means of grace that he received. There was no reason uh, from a need standpoint for Jesus to be baptized. John, his cousin, even tried to stop him from being baptized. But Jesus said, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. You see, not only does Jesus die in our place for our sins, he also did that which we were incapable of doing. He lived in perfect righteousness. But on the cross, Jesus' death does that which nothing else could do. Listen again to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Through Jesus' blood, he took all those who were hopeless, all those who were godless, all those who were alienated, all those who were dead in their trespasses and sins. That's all of us. He took all of those and he brought them near by faith through his grace. He gives them hope, gives them life, and restores them into a right relationship with God. And that is why this day is good. For people that were once dead to now know life, that should leave us absolutely speechless. That should leave us humbled at the foot of the cross where Jesus' life was given in exchange for ours. You know, in a few days we will celebrate our Lord's resurrection. We'll talk about hope. We'll hear words like resurrection, new beginnings, Jesus is alive, He is risen, He is risen indeed. It is a day that millions around the world will celebrate as the cornerstone of their faith. For followers of Christ, there is no greater day than the day that Jesus conquered the grave. But tonight, let us remember before there was hope, there was doubt. Before there was healing, there were wounds. Before there was life, a life had to be given. Before there was Sunday, there was Friday. And so we gather on the evening of Good Friday to reflect on the importance, the significance of Jesus' death. Our desire is to know something of his suffering. Our prayer is that we can in some way consider the blood that was shed and the body that was broken. But most of all, we understand tonight that the story doesn't end with the body in the grave. Earlier today, our governor said this. He said, during these challenging times, 
The celebration of Good Friday reminds us all that even when things seem dark, there is hope that outweighs all fear. Let us not forget that it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we are grateful for the promise of the resurrection. But in order to get to the empty tomb, we have to walk through Calvary. And so, Lord, our prayer tonight is that you will help us to be a, a full-bodied people, not just an Easter people, not just, a, not just focusing on the resurrection, but we understand the importance of the blood that was shed, the body that was broken. And, and normally, Lord, we would gather and we would celebrate the Lord's Supper at this time. But in this season, in this way, we are hindered from doing so. And, and so, Lord, as we gather, there is even in that a sense of, of incompletion. There is the sense that, that our, our celebration isn't finished. Well, Lord, that, that's exactly what Good Friday was. The disciples were scattered after it was over. They weren't sure what would happen. Friday was a terrible day. But thank you that Sunday's coming. Lord, thank you for bringing dead men to life, for giving hope to the hopeless, for making your presence known to the godless, for bringing us into the family of God, the people of God, for showing us your love by dying in our place for our sins. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like more information about Chattanooga Valley Baptist, check us out on the web at cvbchurch.org. If you would like to join in person, we worship every Sunday morning at 1045. We're just minutes from downtown Chattanooga. We hope to see you soon.